2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, and uh, going to build off what Pastor Pam, I believe she preached it in there, but uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 20 says, all the promises of God in him or in Jesus are yes, and in Jesus, amen, to the glory of God through us, amen? It's an honor and uh, a privilege to have the opportunity to share this morning, and so uh, I appreciate that y'all didn't leave when Pastor Bill announced I was sharing, and he wasn't. So, thank you for that. But uh, I have a prayer that uh, I'm going to pray over us for 2017. And uh, this comes from a, uh, a Jewish, uh, a born-again Jewish uh, person. Uh, wrote a book that I read uh, called The Maker's, the Maker's Diet. And it talks about the, uh, the diet that God revealed to Moses for the children of Israel, how it's a perfect diet. Uh, diet really when you break it down and you look at it and uh, it's, it's perfect paleo and it's everything else so Rodney you'd love it amen but uh, he ha- I, I, I was looking at some things of his and and uh, he has this powerful prayer so receive this prayer for you and for me this morning father we pray in Jesus name that like Job you would surround us in 2017 with a hedge of protection and that like Job we would have greater blessings in the latter part of our lives from this day forward Father, we pray that like Abraham, we would grow wealthy with income-producing assets, with gold and with silver to promote your kingdom. We pray that like Isaac, we would plant a field and reap a hundredfold harvest. Father, we pray that like Jacob, with wisdom and discernment, we would grow our flocks and herds. We pray that like Joseph, the dream that you have given us would bring salvation to many. Father, we pray that like Moses, you would reveal yourself to us and show us your glory. We pray that like Bazalel, who helped build your tabernacle, that you would anoint us for the specific task that you have called us to accomplish. Father, we pray that like Joshua, you would fill us with the spirit of wisdom. We pray that like the children of Israel, we would, uh, we would live in lands that we didn't buy, with barns and houses that we didn't build, drinking from springs and wells that we didn't know existed, and eating from vineyards that we did not plant. Father, we pray that you would bless the fruit of our trees, the grass of our field, the calves of our herds, that you would bring the spring and autumn rains, that there would be none sick among us and none barren. Father, we pray that like David, you would give us a blueprint that you would like us to build for you. We pray that like Solomon, you would give us a wise and understanding heart. We pray that like Uzziah, there would be good men caring for our income-producing assets in the land that you have given to us, and that we would have a love and an understanding of all that you've given us. We pray that like Daniel, you would give us ten times the wisdom, favor, and discernment of all those that don't know you. We pray that like Peter, we would cast our net on the right side of the boat and catch an abundance. In Jesus' name, say, I receive it. For 2017, amen. In uh, June of 1991, I was working at the uh, branch bank of, of INB out at the uh, Tippecanoe County Mall, and it's now a, uh, a Chase branch, and I was 22 years old at the time. I had never been to Victor Christian Center, had not met Kelly yet, and uh, um, obviously didn't have five children, and um, thank God for that. That would have been messed up, but... Uh, <coughs> I, uh, I asked the Lord, I can, I can specifically remember, you know, you have those moments in, in, in life where you ask the Lord and, or you're spending time with God and he really gives you a word that you, you hang on and hang on to and it's really something very specific for you and, and uh, not that every day can't be that kind of day, but this was a, a, 
I felt like a special word that God had given to me, one of the first times he'd ever really spoken to me uh, in my heart. And, and I asked the Lord, I said, uh, how do I accomplish your will in my life? And uh, I didn't know the word. I'd never been to a word preaching, sharing church. Uh, I'd never heard the word of faith, the victory message. I'd never heard uh, the word of love before. I was raised in church, but they never shared from the Bible. They never talked. You know, I was not taught about the Holy Spirit or, you know, the authority of God's word and everything, all of his promises that he's done for us. And I just think it's amazing because I feel like if I ask God this same thing today, this is what he would share with me. So um, this is what God said to me at that time. I said, how do I accomplish your will for me? And I was looking for him to say, you know, go to this place, uh, go to this Bible school, go, go, do, go do this, go do that. Uh, but it wasn't a go do. It was become a certain kind of person. And uh, here's what he said to me. He said, read the word every day and write down what the Holy Spirit tells you. Number two, read a book every two weeks. Number three, exercise. And number four, eat healthy. Isn't that awesome? It was more, it it was less about where I was going to go and what I was going to do, but rather who I was going to become. And and if we can become the person from the inside out that God has called us to become, then we'll find ourselves accomplishing and doing what he's called us to do. Amen? And... um, I just thought that was pretty comprehensive, and so I've, I've kind of uh, hung on to that word since 1991 uh, to know if I'm on track, <laughs> to know if, if I'm doing what I need to do to allow him to transform me from the inside out, and, and one, it's read the word every day and write down what the Holy Spirit tells you, read a book every two weeks, exercise, and eat healthy, and so uh, the exercise part and the eating healthy part um, I haven't done as well as Rodney has done since 1991. I've done okay, but I'm back on track. It is January 1st, 2017. Amen. And I've been up and down with this, um, um, well, since 1991. <laughs> I was super healthy then. At that time, I was like, exercise is healthy. I, I play basketball four hours every night. Okay, no problem. Well, I don't do that anymore. So, But, uh, but I did a leg workout two days ago. So if I'm stumbling on the stage, that's why. It's very clear to me exactly which leg muscles I worked out two days ago. Actually, I did a leg workout yesterday. It's becoming very clear which leg muscles. The manifestation of God's perfect will in our lives has little to do with the external circumstances happening around us. And it has everything to do with what's happening inside of us. I think maybe sometimes people look at what's happening around us and they gauge whether or not they're accomplishing God's will by what's happening around them. But it has very little to do with that. Amen. It has much to do with what's happening inside of us. And as you and I allow God's living word, everybody say living word, living word to transform us from the inside out. You and I will become the people that God has called us to become, and we will find ourselves accomplishing his perfect will for our lives. Amen? Romans 12, 2, a verse that we're all familiar with, Romans 12, 2. By the way, if anybody walks in, oh, it's already 11.01, maybe. It's 11. If anybody walks in, let's completely embarrass them, okay? Like if they just, you know, got the services messed up and they're coming in for the 11. No, I'm just kidding. Let's not do that. Let's not all turn around and look at them, okay? (laughs) Didn't get the memo. No, I'm just kidding. 
Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. By the renewing of your mind in order that you may prove. Hi. In order that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It became clear to me early on that my destiny was not tied to external circumstances, that my ability to accomplish God's will for my life was going to be dependent on a transformation of my mind by God's living word, a transformation from the inside out. Amen. The fulfillment of God's plan in my life and in your life was not going to be dependent on where I would go, but rather the person that I would become and the people that we will continue to become. If I would allow God's word to transform my mind in order to think his thoughts, then all of my decisions would be in line with his word and his will, and I would see his perfect plan come to uh, pass in my life. Amen? Isn't it exciting to be in church on New Year's Day? Amen? A lot of people can look back on 2016 and and, and think of all the negative and all this kind of thing. But um, <clears throat> I think it's really important the way we choose to see things, the uh, our perception of things. Amen? Because that really determines how things will be in our life is our perception of those things. Not what's actually happening, but how we perceive those things to be happening. That will determine our ability to overcome. Amen? And uh, I believe that uh, today, um, I really believe this, that these are the best days to be alive in the history of the planet. And uh, that there's more opportunities available to us today than any people have ever had available to them. That with the exponential explosion of technology, we have the ability to impact more people in profound ways in a shorter amount of time than anybody's ever had the ability to do. Amen. <clears throat> There's always this temptation to to look back and, and, and say, boy, I wish it was like it was then. I wish it was maybe simpler. I w- you know, all these different things we can kind of romanticize about and, and look back. But I think it's important we don't fall into that trap that we're looking forward. God's always looking forward. He's always moving forward. Amen. And regardless of our age, bless you. That was a funny sound and sneeze, but. And I got a funny sound and sneeze, too, so no problem. Mine is completely obnoxious. Ask my kids. They're like, Dad, you don't have to sneeze like that. Say, yes, I do. If God is always moving forward, he's always looking forward. Amen. And I believe it's important when we get on his page, we're learning from the past, building on the past, building on our experiences, but always moving forward with what he wants to do next. Amen. I believe the greatest buildings have yet to be built, that the best books have yet to be written, that the most incredible technology has yet to be invented. The greatest businesses have yet to be built. The most effective ministries have yet to be started. Turn to the person next to you and say, why not you? Say, why not me? Amen. Many times on the way to school, um, I'll ask the kids, I'll say, what kind of day is today going to be? And uh, they've kind of learned the routine now, and they'll say, it's going to be a great day. I say, how do we know it's going to be a great day? Because 
the, the quality of our day, the quality of our life is not determined on how people treat us or the quality of our life and the value of our day or, or the quality of our day is not determined by circumstances and what happens. We determine the quality of our day by the way that we see it. Amen? We determine what kind of day we're going to have. We decide to have a good day. Therefore, it will be a great day. Amen? And so the kids have grabbed a hold of that, and um, uh, we have some fun with it. <clears throat> but uh, the quality of our day is determined by our inward condition and not our external circumstances. The quality of our day, the quality of our life is not dependent on the opinions of others, the actions of others, the words of others. We determine the quality of our life, and it starts on the inside. Everybody say the inside. And the only way to wash the inside is with God's word. Amen. Numbers uh, chapter 13, verse 2, is uh, our pastors have preached from um, this chapter in Numbers uh, many uh, many times, but going to spend a little bit of time here (coughs) this morning. And in Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses. He said, Send men. To spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving. Everybody say, which I am giving. God said it right there. And he had already said it to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It had been passed down through the generations. These people already knew, especially the leaders. They already knew the land, what the land was that God had already said. Everybody say, already said. God had already said it. He had already promised it. He had already proclaimed it. It was already well known uh, among all these people, especially the leaders, because look who, look who they, look who, look who they choose. It says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, every man, a leader among them. God did not designate some, you know, he, he said, I have some specific people that we need to send over into this land because they're leaders and surely they're leaders. And so they're going to remember the promises about the land that I've given them. I'm convinced that's one of the reasons why he said send leaders. Amen. Say, that's me. I'm a leader. Amen. And so then God has some specific. He revealed. Um, uh, they they chose some specific people and uh, they name them there. But uh, I want to show you the land. It's uh, it's amazing. And in Genesis fifteen eighteen, if you have that scripture, Genesis fifteen eighteen, you can see the promise that God had already made about the land. It said on the, and this was, you know, I don't know how many years before. Someone might know, but it's uh, several years before. Who were at Moses? This several hundred, several hundred years prior, it had been passed down through the generations. They knew what the land was. Genesis fifteen eighteen said, "On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham." Everybody say covenant, a covenant promise with Abram. He said, "To your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates." And uh, in my Bible, or actually, I found this online, a map of. Uh, of that of the promised land it includes northern saudi arabia western iraq most of syria northeast uh, most most uh, the e- eastern part of egypt there and it certainly includes 
every every um, inch of what we call Israel today, it's right in the middle. Isn't it interesting that everything is still revolving around that little piece of land right there today? It's still the headlines on the news today. It's amazing to me. Genesis 26.3, God promised uh, Abraham's son Isaac. He said it again to him. He talked about the land in 26.3. He said, dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you for to you and your descendants I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And then again, God said it to uh, Isaac's son, Jacob, who, of course, his Jacob's name was changed to Israel. But in 28, 13 said, and behold, the Lord stood above it. And he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father. I am the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. God had already spoken it. It was well known among all these people that God had already promised to give them this land. Back to Numbers 13, he said, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. In verses uh, 4 through 16, he names the men. And uh, it's Shamua, Shaphat, Caleb. Everybody say Caleb. Egal, Hoshea, who Moses called Joshua. Everybody say Joshua. Palti, Gadiel, Gadi, Amiel, Sether. Nabi and Gehul. I've never even heard of the other ten. There's a reason. Verse 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said to them, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. See whether the people that dwell in it. I'm sweating like crazy up here. Do you have like a towel? Is it hot? Won't need to work out today, Rodney. (laughs) But I'm going to. All right. He said, go up this way. Wait a minute. Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether the cities that they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Whether the land is rich or poor and whether there are forests there or not. And then Moses said, be of good courage and bring me some fruit of the land. Verse 21. So they went up. Verse 25. They returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they had departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation. And they showed them the fruit of the land. And here's what they said. Then they told him, they said, we went to the land where you sent us. Truly, it flows with milk and honey, and here is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Their cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. 
the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, they're dwelling in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Blah! Speaking all this negative. Started spewing all of the negative. Started talking about all the giants and describing the, the mountains that they, or the, uh, the giants. And describing the negative, uh, uh, potentially negative circumstances that would hinder them from overcoming and accomplishing what God had already said. Everybody say, already said. God had already said it. He had already promised it. Now, listen, look what Caleb does. Caleb does. He jumps right in the middle. In verse 30, he interrupts them. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, then they interrupted him. But the men who had gone up with him, they said, We are not able to go against the people. For they are stronger than we are. And the children, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Everybody say bad report. They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. And they said the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. All the people who we saw in it are men of great stature. Then we saw the, there we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now look what happens. Look what happens to the people when these leaders spoke words of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Look at the impact it had on the people in Numbers 14, 1 through 11. Because at this point, Caleb was the only one who had stood up and spoke in faith. Numbers 14, after the congregation, after all the people heard what the leaders had said, they said, all, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and they cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained. Everybody say complained. They complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and children should become victims. Everybody say victims. That's a horrible mentality. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces for the, before the assembly, <clears throat> before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, N-U-N, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel. And they said, the land that we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and he will give it to us. It's a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are our bread and their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. All the congregations said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will I bear or how long will these people reject me? A rejection of God's promise, a rejection of God's word, a rejection of what he's spoken to you and to me. 
is a rejection of him. Amen? God said, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs that I have performed among them? God's word is his promise. When God speaks, it must come to pass. Everybody say, it must come to pass. You and I can build our lives on God's word. We can build our lives on God's promise. Whatever he has spoken, we read it. We wash our minds with it. We allow it to transform us from the inside out. We speak it, and it will come to pass. Amen? It must come to pass. It's his word. His word had sufficient power to one word created the universe. Amen. John 1, 1 through 4 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. The life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. God's living word is his promise to us. Read the word. Speak the word. Read his promises. Speak his promises. Amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, All the promises of God in Jesus are yes, and in Jesus, amen, to the glory of God through us. If you could jump over to the New Testament now, in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Mark 4, 35 through 41, and we see... Uh, uh, something in the New Covenant that parallels that story in Numbers. hate to call it a story. You know what I mean? <laughs> I need a better word than a story. Verse 35 says, On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, he said, Let us cross over. Everybody say, Let us cross over. Say, Jesus said it. That's it. it settles it. Amen. If he said it, it must come to pass. His word is the final authority. Amen? His word is greater than any sickness. His word is greater than any addiction. His word is greater than any addiction, any negative habit. Anything that's held you back in the past, his word is greater. Amen? And his grace is sufficient for you and for me. Amen? Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, that's the last thing Jesus said right there in verse 35 to, to the, the men he was with. And in verse 36, then now, now when they had left the multitude, they took Jesus along in the boat as he was, uh, as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the winds beat into the boat so that it was already filling we have encountered a windstorm as a family on the water. <laughs> and I thought I had done it. We love adventure, right? Um, I used to brag. We have a 2004 Suburban, and I used to, I don't know if I brag. Yeah, I did. I was bragging. I said, man, this thing has never been stuck. You cannot stop this vehicle. 
It's amazing. Just put the four-wheel drive in this thing. It's like a, it's a beast in the snow. How many years ago? Three, four years ago? Three, four years ago. I said, well, I feel like we need to go out and, and check our properties. And so we went out. It was, it was uh, whatever that blizzard was coming through, and it was 40 degrees below wind chill. It was that night. And so, but it wasn't here yet. It was coming. It was very close, but it wasn't here yet. Well, of course, it comes from the west. We got out on the far west side to, uh, to Sto uh, Stonehenge where we, uh, we were going to go look at a house out there. And um, the wind was blowing like crazy. We went in fine, but all of a sudden that, that front had come across that field and it was blowing so crazy hard. All of a sudden we realized we were in trouble. So uh, just telling me that to tell you we like adventure. So we actually got stuck. Uh, me and the kids, Sam and Joe had shorts on. And, um, no, yeah, they were barefoot because I was like, let's go out, let's go out and find the blizzard. Yeah. So they just piled in the car and off we went. So we've done things like that over the years, right? Well, we were in, I'm telling you this to tell you about this windstorm because I read this and it, it means something to me now. We were in a boat in Florida and, uh, we were, it was like a, uh, a sound for, you know, it was, it was, uh, an inlet, you know, uh, large lake just off Sarasota, I think, right there. We had rented a boat. And I have a lot of experience on boats in the ocean. No. But so we were out a ways, a couple of miles, and then we see these fishing boats, these guys that are on their boats all day, every day of the year. <laughs> they're flying by us, heading into shore, right? And I'm like, I wonder what they're doing. I mean, it's beautiful out, right? It is beautiful. I look at the radar. Right. And it's totally clear where we are. But over here, it's dark red. Right. And so so we said, OK, well, we may we better head back. And, and so we had we start heading back to shore and. Um, There's a little island kids like, oh, can we stop on the island, and get some shells? Oh, sure. Why not? Let's do that. And so oh, then we saw some sharks playing in the three foot water. Let's stop and watch those for a while. So we got out. We played in the water, watched the sharks. So we got to pick up some. Uh, shells and we're hanging out and then I've got a picture of it and I took a picture of the kids and behind them the sky is black completely black and uh, it wasn't five minutes later I think that because uh, I was okay we better go guys get in the boat get in the boat so we get in the boat and we start heading across the water and uh, towards the show shore so we're in the middle and it's a long ways to the shore it's a long way from any sort of safety, and this thing hits, and it was crazy. I thought I had done it. I thought it was over. I thought I had pushed it too far. This one, you know, she she's very, she's full of faith, but by nature, God has made her much more cautious than me. And so I'm used to hearing her say, slow down. So that's not okay. No, let's not go. No, slow down. Let's let's no. Should we really be out here doing this? Is this is this really a good idea? Is the Holy Spirit telling you to be out anyway? So I've been used to hearing that my you know a long time. So whatever she was saying, I hadn't listened. And so we were out, and it was rough. And I thought I thought I had done it, and um, I don't even know how we made it back. We couldn't see anything. Could I mean? pulled down our hats. It was raining harder than I've ever had it rain on me. It was like this. And it was uh, it was exciting. The boat was like little boat. All these kids, my God, my God, God has blessed me with. 
later that evening, we were like, did we have life jackets? We did, but they were, we didn't even put them on. They were under the benches. So what was that prayer I prayed at the beginning? Wisdom of Solomon. That was it. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then Jesus arose, rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Verse 40, Jesus said to them, Why are you so fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? I think Jesus was so upset here because he had already told them, Let us cross over to the other side. He had already spoken that word. Everybody say, His word always comes to pass. Amen. And uh, the Holy Spirit will speak to each of us individually regarding what he would have us to do in 2017. And uh, I believe that there's two things. We can come up with all these, a lot of different goals. And I've always been a believer in goals. And I can look back over the years and I can see how God did so many different things and how he brought a lot of those things to pass that I had written down and believed for. And I believe they're very, very, very important. But I think there's two things. If we could do these two things every day in 2017, that all, then we'll see ourselves accomplishing all these other things that God has put, our, put in our hearts to do. Amen? Number one is read God's word in faith every day. Read God's word in faith every day. And um, I really admire, I know there's some of you that have had the discipline to do this annual plan year after year. Faith, I know you have. Laura, I know you've been disciplined to do it. Mark, I know you've tried. Good job. Uh, Todd has done it. Todd has done it forever, you know, and uh, I really admire you for doing it. But uh, I have, uh, I've only done it once. And so, and I, I've gotten discouraged and I get behind in the old covenant and then haven't been able to keep up. And so I asked the Lord what to do this year. Um, and uh, so what I'm going to do do whatever the Lord would have you do, all right? But we've got to be in the Word every day in 2017, amen? We've got to be washing our mind with this living Word. And uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read the New Testament every 90 days, and it only requires uh, three chapters a day in the New Covenant. And so that's what I'm going to do. And um, so just find out what God would have you do, amen? And uh, commit to it and get it done. And so the cool thing is, I am on track for January 1st. I've already read it. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm working out. I'm eating healthy and I'm reading the word. Amen. It's going to be a good year. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I'm going to uh, conclude here in a couple minutes. But uh, Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Did I give you the second thing? I'm sorry. Number one, read God's word in faith every day. And number two, speak God's promises in faith every day. Amen? I believe as we read the word and wash our mind and then simply speak his promises, 
over consistently. Speak his promises consistently and don't allow ourselves to fall down in this part with uh, in this uh, arena or area of our life like those 10 leaders did that came back. And at that key moment when they were when they were uh, uh, God was ready to give them what he had already promised. And at that key moment, they came back and instead of speaking faith like Caleb and Joshua did, they came back and they spewed fear, fear, doubt and unbelief. Amen. If we'll just wash our minds with the word of God and speak his promises, we'll see him work in our lives. Amen. A couple of his promises today, and we'll conclude with this. Psalm 103, 1 through 5 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget all of his benefits. He forgives all of your iniquities. He heals all of your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In 1 John chapter 5, 4 and 5 says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. It's our faith. Who is he who overcomes? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. In 1 John 5, 14 and 15, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of him. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. I believe 2017 is going to be, uh, be an amazing year.